you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Did you just lose to the guy who auto-drafted, screaming at the TV again because somebody who can't hear you dropped an open pass? Did you just drop your RB1 for a kicker? Thought maybe your fantasy draft was a good first date idea? You were probably just blindsided by hunger. Luckily, Snickers is here to pick your sorry butt up off the turf. Get back on your game with NFL Hunger Bars from Snickers. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside Michael Fabiano. Uh, we we made it almost through an entire week one now, huh? Dude, it goes by so quick, doesn't it? It, it does. I always I always break the season down into thirds. Um, like the first six weeks or so, um, we're all excited because football's back and it's new and it's exciting. We're like, yeah, all right, we're, we don't have to do like make up fight, fake hot takes anymore. And then like weeks, you know, seven through like 12 or 13, we're as far from the end as we are from the beginning. It's like, man, this is kind of a grind. And by like week 14, we've like we've been doing this for a while. And it's like I'm tired of looking at each other and like, let's just make the season be over. Like, let's get to the <laughs> fantasy playoffs. Uh, and let's go. But See, Marcus, like right now, it's always a pleasure to look at you, my friend. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. For I, 17 weeks. I don't like looking at me for 17 weeks. So, <laughs> so I know how that goes. Uh, behind the glass, it is Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. What's up, Murph? How's it going, guys? It goes. Uh, I, I love it. Froble's finally back. Uh, it sounds cliche to say it feels good to be here, but sitting on your couch all day watching so many games, and thankfully uh, us on the West Coast had that, that weather delay, so we had football literally from 10 a.m. until about 9 p.m. Well, that game is actually not over yet. Still going, right? I mean, seriously. if I think Amendola just caught a pass. I, 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 I tweeted this yesterday that if I had left here and got in my car at kickoff of the early games, I could have driven nearly six hours to my mom's house in Northern California and still caught, like, most of the third quarter and the fourth quarter of that Titans-Dolphins game. That's how long uh, things went on there. So, uh, got plenty to talk about. Obviously, we're going to recap a lot of what happened in week one. Uh, We'll give you some waiver wire options as well because we know plenty of people looking for help now uh, because of some injuries and just some underperformance and and things that maybe uh, you're a little bit freaked out on. Plus... We're going to play overreaction theater. Some of the things that happened in week one that have people kind of freaked out one way or another. We'll, uh, we'll kind of talk about them. We'll tell you whether or not you should be overreacting. And we'll probably just have some fun uh, for a lot of different people out there. But at the beginning, as we always do, uh, let's do some news. Through the news. We will start in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers injured his knee during the Sunday night game against the Chicago Bears, comes back 
uh, as uh, Al Michaels mentioned, in Willis Reed type fashion, <laughs> leads the Packers to a win. Obviously, we saw him gut that out, Fabs, but now the question is, what's he going to do? Is he going to be ready for week two? They got the Vikings. I mean, that's that's I not know. a joke. Because what we saw was was really spectacular second half. And you can tell that in terms of the way that he was throwing the football and the way that he was distributing his weight, that knee wasn't right. Right. And, of course, Bears fans out there, <laughs> they're, they're, they are just upset. But think about it from a fantasy perspective, too. Rodgers goes down, carted off the field, and you're thinking, oh, man, if you've got Aaron Rodgers, not again. I lost him for half of 2017, and now he's going to be out again. He comes back, finishes with over 25 fantasy points, uh, or right around 25 fantasy points, despite the fact that he missed 14 snaps. And what he does to the team around him is, is also just as big as his own impact because Randall Cobb, huge, huge touchdown at the end of the, the contest there to, to, to basically clinch it for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And everyone around Aaron Rodgers is at least 10 times better because of his ability to throw the football accurately and to make plays with his right arm. When you bring Deshaun Kaiser into that game, that deflates the entire offense and it deflates the value of every single player in that Packers offense. So fingers crossed. It's fun to watch Aaron Rodgers. I own no shares of him. I don't care. I love watching him play football. Hopefully, he's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm waiting for the annual Aaron Rodgers, you know, radio show, uh, one word mantra. You know, like, are we going to get another R E L A X or whatever it is? He always seems to have one mm-hmm. uh, every single year, and then he comes and figures things out. So maybe we'll get one uh, a little bit earlier than anticipated uh, this year. Up to Seattle. Doug Baldwin suffers an MCL sprain. He sat out most of the preseason because he had an issue in his opposite knee. Still waiting for kind of further clarification on how bad this is, how much time he could potentially miss. But I will tell you what, I was, you know, during the, the offseason, was kind of big on Doug Baldwin, felt like he was you know, coming off the board a little bit too late. People were taking him, you know, in the, the third round or something like that. I thought he was at least worth a second-round pick. But as we got closer to the start of the season – and he talked more and more about his his situation, how he's less than 100%, and how he's not going to be 100% all year. It started to make me nervous. Now, he's got an issue with the other knee. Mm-hmm. I, I'm terrified with Doug Baldwin right yeah, now. Yeah, I am too. And um, I have him in a couple of leagues. I was actually able to trade him a couple of weeks ago in one of the leagues because I just I, I didn't like the fact that he hadn't come back. And, and, and now you've got issues with both of these knees. So... Now fantasy owners are thinking, is there a Seahawk I can potentially replace him with? Well, Tyler Lockett could be out there. Uh, only had four targets against the Broncos, but he did turn one of them into a touchdown. Uh, Bre- Brandon Marshall, Marcus, are, are we going there? Are we going to what Brandon year, Marshall? What year is this? I mean, it's 2018. <laughs> what year is this? I, I mean, he had six targets and he had a touchdown. So Marcus Grant's looking at his waiver wire. Week two. You going there? I'm not going there. Okay. I can't. I, you know, I, look, that. The, the Seahawks, one, they were surprisingly feisty yesterday. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things and, and all that. But I just, I can't, I can't buy into to Brandon Marshall. If I'm leading wide receiver help, I think there are a lot of other places I'm going before I get to Brandon Marshall. Yeah, no doubt about that. And um, there are, luckily, some good wide receivers out there that you can pick up. And we're going to be there talking are. about we'll that get- a little bit later. But w- with Baldwin's status up in the air, 
what do we do with Russell Wilson? I mean, he's still a must start, at least as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, who's he throwing to now? Will, who the hell is Will Disley? Will Disley, go dogs. I mean, I know he, you know, for, for anybody who follows University of Washington football, I know they would know Will Disley. But for the rest of us, we kind of got our introduction yesterday. And I think, you know, the thought was you know, maybe it takes him some time to work in. And who knows? Maybe, maybe this was a matchup because the Broncos have struggled against tight ends. But, yeah, Will Disley looks like a thing now. And, you know, again, everything about this Seahawks offense makes me nervous. Russell Wilson's kind of the one thing I feel the most confident in. But at some point, you can't keep taking weapons away from him and expecting him to perform. I mean, even, even a guy like Russell Wilson, it's, it's a lot to ask. And, and I just wonder, you know, how, how much more confident we can be in him week to week if he just keeps losing pieces left and right. So we'll see. Uh, big one down in Tennessee. Delaney Walker dislocates his ankle, has some associated fractures along with that, and signs right now point to him being out for the rest of the year. That was just part of what was a, a fairly disastrous day for the Tennessee Titans because you have Walker who goes out with the ankle injury. Mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Mariota sat out a good portion of that game with an injured elbow. And we saw Blaine Gabbert for maybe the last half of that game. Taylor Lewan left with a concussion. So this was this is not a great start for Mike Vrabel's head coaching career to no, lose three key players on your offense in the first game. But the, 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 the Laney Walker one is maybe a big one because it's a position that isn't particularly deep to begin with tight end. And now you've taken a major producer out of the talent pool there. Yeah. And you're not going to be looking at uh, Jenu Smith there to replace Delaney Walker's production. There are going to be some other options out there on the waiver wire. We talked about Disley. I don't know if you want to go there. George Kittle would be the, tar the tight end that I am targeting off the waiver wire in all of my leagues. But we, we can't really answer the question of if or if not we're going to have Marcus Mariota. But a lot of these targets, I mean, you would think Corey Davis is going to see more targets funneled his way. He had 13 against the Dolphins in what was like a 15-hour game. That was a weird game. It was so odd. And... He ended up with double-digit PPR points, had six catches. A guy that slid down rankings for, for some reason or another because maybe he didn't do much in the preseason, but there were still a lot of positive reports about him. So I hate to see a guy go down, especially a guy like Delaney Walker, but when you think about where some of those targets may end up going, Corey Davis could end up being a guy who's going to see 10, 12, maybe more targets week in and week out from whatever quarterback the Titans are going to be throwing out there. But... This offense, and it was odd to see the way that things started because if you if you look at the 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 play by play mm -hmm. in the backfield, Derrick Henry was getting all the burn, right? And then Deion Lewis came in, and Deion Lewis took over, and Deion Lewis now looks like at least for one week the better fantasy back in Tennessee. Well, I, I mean, I was I was definitely on the Deion Lewis train, but I do wonder how much now not having not having Delaney Walker is going to impact Deion Lewis because he is obviously the better pass catching back there. And we saw that in the game on Sunday. You do wonder, I mean, obviously Corey Davis becomes a bigger part of the offense. He gets more targets funneled his way. But I mean, you look up and down the rest of that roster for Tennessee. I mean, who do you really trust to catch a lot of passes? I mean, Tajay Sharp. You mean, you mentioned John New Smith. I know yeah. Taewon Taylor was getting some burn at the end of the preseason, but this really becomes a passing offense now that I think sort of funnels through Corey Davis and Deion Lewis. So I think that role expands. Although 
this could be a situation where we even see both backs on the field at the same time as yep. Lewis maybe becomes kind of a slot guy or a guy who splits out a little bit, and yep. Derrick Henry is the guy in the backfield and the bruiser. And, and also, don't forget, I get it, Derrick Henry ended up with a very bad stat line from fantasy perspective, but he also did have a long touchdown run negated by a penalty. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he went out there and put up an absolute stinker. Sometimes you have to look at those things. I mean... We saw some drops by the Chargers wide receivers that could have made Phillip Rivers' stat line much bigger. George Kittle dropped a long touchdown potentially that could have made his stat line a little bit bigger. So Henry, at the end of the day, didn't give you what you were hoping for, um, but part of that was because he did have a long, potentially uh, productive run uh, called back because of a uh, holding penalty. Uh, other tight end news, Greg Olson suffered a foot injury in the game against the Cowboys on Sunday. He was seen on the sideline with a walking boot on his right foot. And crutches. And crutches. That is the same foot that he suffered a fractured in, fracture in last season, ended up having surgery that took him out for a good chunk of the year. Um, it's bad news, obviously, that it is happening again. And again, this is one more potentially productive tight end out of the pool. Um, I will tell you that I was I was concerned about Greg Olson coming in, obviously being hurt last year and just sort of being a guy who is an older player who's kind of on the the end of his career. I don't know how long this takes him out. Um, but I mean, what does this mean? DJ Moore, Devin Funches? I mean, where, where does this impact anything in the Panthers offense? Well, at the tight end position now, you're lo- Ian Thomas. Uh, I mean, potentially I'm not I picking guess. him up off the waiver wire. Uh, Torrey Smith saw some targets. DJ Moore was invisible. Yes, he was. I mean, invisible. So he's rosterable, but not a guy that I'm playing. If you look, though, last season at the games where Greg Olson was out, you know who started to see that uptick in in opportunities? Mm. Devin Funches. Mm -hmm. So maybe Devin Funches, uh, who, who had a bit of a stinker in the opener, too. But, I mean, let's be honest. That, that game was awful. Was and a as a Cowboys fan, I, I threw up in my mouth at least three times. Yeah. At least three times. Because I, I, oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. Dak looked awful. It, it was just a bad game from a fantasy perspective overall. And when you talk about the Carolina Panthers, I mean, they didn't have that one wide receiver who, who came out and put up a big stat line. It was a lot of mediocre or worse numbers. So We'll see. The one thing that I did like was that Cam Newton is still Cam Newton. He's still running with the football. Uh, got a goal line touchdown. That might hurt Christian McCaffrey's production when they get down inside the opposing team's five-yard line, but I think we all sort of expected that. So um, the Panthers right now, that team outside of CMC and Cam Newton, you're not looking at a whole there's lot of not, fantasy value. Maybe Devin Funches. We'll see. There's not a lot there. And, yeah, I, this is a game I, I want to go back and, and kind of watch this. I'm going to go back into, you know, shameless uh, corporate self-promotion here. Go back and game pass some of this stuff and watch it a little bit because, you know, I, I want to see if they can get Devin Funches downfield and have some something of a downfield passing game because Christian McCaffrey led that team in targets, nine targets, six catches, 45 yards. But if that's going to be the way this offense lives – that's bad news for Cam Newton because then he needs to run the football and he needs to score those rushing touchdowns in order to be a productive fantasy quarterback. I mean, 161 passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but that's not really going to get it done for you. If he doesn't have those 58 yards and a rushing touchdown, then it's a problem for Cam. So, you know, I I want, I'd like to see Devin Funches get more involved. I'd like to see DJ Moore actually get a target. (laughs) Um, I mean, he had zero targets. He had one carry for three yards. That was the extent of DJ Moore's production. Did you see CJ? Uh, I did see CJ. Seven carries and McCaffrey had 10. Which, okay, by the way, I knew this was going to happen. I knew and I fell for it. I'm mad at myself for falling for this, right? 
over the preseason, we kept seeing that the Panthers give Christian McCaffrey all these carries, right? He was running between the tackles. He was running at the goal line. And for a minute, I started to believe, well, maybe he really could get like, you know, 25 touches a game. Like maybe he's really going to happen. And like I knew, I told myself, I'm like, the moment I buy into it, we're going to see C.J. Anderson coming back in again. And lo and behold, Christian McCaffrey gets 16 touches. C.J. Anderson gets seven touches. And I knew it. And I'm kicking myself. And I should have been smarter than that. Well, C.J.'s probably available on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. So I would I would sort of project that Carolina's going to look and see if McCaffrey could handle the role of a featured back. Maybe they give him uh, a good number of touches in week two. But if they find that that's not going to be the case, don't be surprised. C.J. Anderson... Starts putting a dent into those carries. He's not going to put a dent into CMC's targets because no, that's, that's that's not his game. That's his uh, CMC. That's his bread and butter. But don't be surprised if you're starting to see some stat lines out there week in and week out where you know McCaffrey's got ten to twelve carries and you know and CJ's getting somewhere between eight and ten. That that is a uh, possibility. For I mean, that was always my my belief. Anyway, once C.J. Anderson joined the, the team, that he was going to kind of be that goal line guy. I mean, I, I still think Cam Newton is the best goal line back they have on their roster. But I thought that, you know, when when they when Cam didn't keep it and get into the end zone, that it would be uh, it would be C.J. Anderson getting some of those looks. So who knows that that could still materialize. It, it didn't yep. necessarily happen a ton uh, on and Sunday. Cam did lead them in, in carries In carries. I mean. That's I don't know. I, I don't think that bodes well for the Panthers offense, but hey, it works for your fantasy team if you've got uh, Cam Newton on your roster. Uh, on the other side of that game, the Cowboys offense was I mean, it was unwatchable, dude. It was un- so bad. watchable. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who you know, we've kind of banked on. I think the, the thing we've talked about with the Cowboys is that, hey, at least there's Zeke there. Right. And Zeke is going to dominate the touches. Zeke is going to, you know, he, he will, if not save them, at least kind of keep them afloat. And he was just okay on Sunday. He did have a rushing touchdown, which which certainly that saved helped. a lot of people. Right, but uh, you know, fifteen carries, sixty nine yards. He had three catches for seventeen yards. It was a fairly pedestrian day for Ezekiel Elliott. And again, if uh, if that t- if that touchdown doesn't happen, there's nothing there's nothing to talk about here. And and, and this this is a problem for the Cowboys. It is. And what was the strength of the Cowboys, the offensive line? And now there's uncertainty over Travis Frederick, uh, Joe Looney now playing at the center position. And I mean, Dak Prescott, when he had the talent around him a couple of seasons ago in his rookie campaign, when you've got a Jason Witten and you've got Des Bryant, who was still somewhat effective, he put up some numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at the target share and you look at, the snaps played among wide receivers. You're looking at Cole Beasley, who actually is now on the PPR radar. Uh, no question about that. Right. Deontay Thomas, five targets. Alan Hearns, three. Uh, Michael Gallup, one target. Terrence Williams, two. And there was nothing done, nothing done in this pass attack. Nothing. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, and maybe Michael Gallup eventually becomes the guy. He certainly has the most upside, I, I would think. Right. But... This offense has no identity whatsoever outside of Ezekiel Elliott. And if the offensive line struggles and Zeke can't get it done on the ground, we are seeing Dak Prescott. Maybe this is what Dak Prescott is. Maybe the Cowboys in a year or so are going to be looking back and thinking, we need to find another quarterback. Because if you look at what he did last season in the second half without Ezekiel Elliott, he was brutal. Okay, Dak was awesome in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, brutal. 
First game this this season, brutal. And the Cowboys, even in games where we're potentially, and I say we because I've been a Cowboys <laughs> fan for 35 years, are going to be playing from behind a lot? I mean, that was the case yesterday. Dak didn't do anything. Uh, he did nothing. So Dak Prescott's not rosterable at this point, unless you're in a deep league or in a 2QB league or in a super flex league, and maybe even then. I was an idiot, and I sat Chris Thompson for Dak Prescott in a Superflex league, okay? I mean, I'm still going to win. It, it made I'm sense. still going to win. It made sense on paper. But, I mean, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd get more points from the quarterback than I would Chris Thompson, and, and I'm kicking myself for that. But this offense now has no identity. There's one player that you can play week in, week out, and it's Ezekiel Elliott, and that's it. As depressing as it is for me as a Cowboys fan to say it, that's all right now, Marcus. Even then, I, I will say I, I picked out two things that were really disturbing about Zeke's performance on Sunday. One, uh, the average time behind the line of scrimmage, 3, 3.34 seconds, according to the next-gen stats, which means he was just kind of hanging out back there waiting for a hole to open. I mean, that's, that's kind of Lev Bell, you know, kind of hanging and, and hesitating and waiting for something to happen and then going. So he was waiting for stuff to come open. The other part is that was happening – he saw eight or more defenders in the box just 13% of the time. So it's not like the Panthers were loading up the box specifically to stop Ezekiel Elliott. They were kind of getting this done with generally kind of a, a normal defense, and they still held him to 69 rushing yards. I think it speaks a little bit to that offensive line in Dallas, and, and it is – it is worrisome. I mean, obviously, you know, let's let's wait another week or two before we make, you know, any major pronouncements, but that – that is really, really concerning. For the quick, uh, quick note to uh, Delaney Walker on injured reserve. Uh, hope he's going to be better and, and back next season. But um, anyone out there who had Delaney and, and he was one of the top five or six tight ends drafted in fantasy leagues, you're going to have to find a replacement, and it's going to be hard to find a replacement uh, because Delaney Walker, to me, was one of the better, most reliable, underrated tight ends in fantasy football. The waiver wire is going to be your friend yes. for, uh, for the rest of yes. the year. So yes. that uh, is pretty much all the news you need to know. That was the news. Hey, Fab, you ever made pastrami at home? Uh, I've never made it at home. Oh, so smoked salmon? I don't eat fish. All right, well, I forgot, I forgot about that. Yes, yeah, slab, <laughs> slab bacon, duck oh, confit, oh, oh, any of that? Oh, bacon? Bacon? Oh, all right, there you candy. go. Bacon, Hook duck confit, up. all that kind of stuff. It's easy to make all that and more right at home with Jewel sous vide. I mean, Ooh. Jewel makes it easy to try cooking new recipes and cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked. So you can, you know, try that tri-tip you want to do or any of that kind of, kind of stuff. Uh, Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, except for fabs, veggies, <laughs> desserts, practically everything comes out exactly the way you like it. Jewel also makes a great companion to your grill or your smoker. It separates the cooking step from the finishing step, so meats come out perfectly tender and juicy on the inside and get that charred, crispy bark on the outside. And it's easy to prepare these new recipes for a crowd. If it fits in a large cooler, you can cook it with Jewel. So to get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel and use code FANTASY to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code FANTASY. Jewel, perfect food every time. You know, that chefsteps.com, that's a mouthful, man. Yeah, it is, dude. We were talking <laughs> tri-tip. Now that, 
That's that's what I'm talking you know about. I will tell you this: when I I lived uh, I lived in the city of Fresno for about five and a half years, mm-hmm. and um, the one thing that folks up there love and can do well is they can cook a tri-tip, and it's it's great. You know, when you go to like you have to go to like banquets and awards dinners and stuff, and generally like your options are sort of like chicken or fish or whatever. Right. You get tri-tip at a lot of these at a lot of these tri-tip. For me, is a SoCal thing. It's a because, California thing, yeah, mostly. Yeah, because like when I lived on the East Coast, with, nobody knows what it is. No, tr- mm-hmm. tri tip. Right, what are you talking about it's a cut that nobody knows what it is outside of California. Dude, um, so good. And the folks in Central California, props to you guys because they do it well. There was a place that uh, from an old radio station around the corner. Um, they used to do a tri tip breakfast burrito. Oh, oh it was, dude, it was fantastic. It was tri tip with like hungry. potatoes and eggs and stuff. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, that sounds. Great. <laughs> it was so. That sounds so good. So good. Uh, speaking of good. Got some guys that were really, really good in week one. And so I broke this down. I got a list of players here and broke it down into guys. Do you believe the hype? Is there reason to worry? And a group of guys where it's just WTF, like some kind of weird things <laughs> happened. And, you know, maybe it means something. Maybe it was just some weirdness. And we're going to try to separate some of the fact uh, from the fiction on that one. So we'll start with the believe the hype guys. And maybe the biggest one was James Conner, because we spent all week last week talking about Le'Veon Bell, uh, whether he was going to show up, what this means, can James Conner handle the load if he needs to. 135 rushing yards, 57 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Do you believe the hype on James Conner? Dude, I'm in. I was all in when we heard that Le'Veon Bell was going to miss week one. All in. Mm Mm-hmm. You know I made that trade with Akbar. You did. I made that trade with Akbar. Which we're, we're, some of us are kind of tired of you using Akbar as your farm. But no, system. but like, no, it's like your see, farm system. But last season I made a trade with him and he absolutely burned me. So, <laughs> so but like you are the Yankees and he's like the A's or the Expos or something like that. You know? I mean, <laughs> like, hey, well, no, the A's are pretty good now. Well, now the A's yes. are pretty good. So I am in. If Connor is somehow available in your league. Play in another league because it's not good. But <laughs> he needs to be owned in all leagues. He needs to be in lineups. He saw every single running back snap on offense for the Steelers. He was amazing, okay? I don't know what's going on with his haircut, but when you look <laughs> at his stats, unbelievable. And at this point, Marcus, does that performance hurt Le'Veon Bell? Because Le'Veon Bell missed time a couple of seasons ago, and D'Angelo Williams was just as good. James Conner, first game of 2018, no Le'Veon Bell just as that, good that that d'angelo williams point i think is a big one and i wrote this uh on sunday night in my things i learned column uh which you can find on nfl.com at nfl.com slash grant shameless self-promotion there that's but, fine um you know i i sort of joke that lev bell is a system running back i mean wow <laughs> i mean it's not that's not completely true but you look back 2016 when lev wasn't there for the first two games of the season D'Angelo Williams, a combined 237 yards, rushing yards, and a pair of touchdowns in his first two games. Now James Conner comes in, 192 total yards and two touchdowns. So obviously there's something about the way the Steelers, either they're really good uh, at scouting running backs or developing running back talent or just putting together a running game, but they seem to be able to get above replacement level production when Le'Veon Bell is out of the lineup. So, I mean, yep. I think it, it, it certainly bodes well if you got James Conner. Um, I was joking that at some point, you know, Lev Bell might be grabbing his keys and, and heading out to Cleveland to, you know, hey guys, I'm, I'm here yeah, now. I'm here. Back down. Right. Yeah. I'm back yeah. down. So I'm efforting to get D'Angelo on one of our shows here. Maybe, maybe Thursday. We'll see what happens. I texted him yesterday and said, hey man, can you come on the show today? He's like, no, I've got a, uh, a coach, a, a football league. And I said, okay, what are you doing now? Now this is during the games. I'm in a deer stand. 
<laughs> I'm going to. So D'Angelo hey, was out he's yesterday. Enjoying, he's enjoying it, retirement. He, he was, yeah. But D'Angelo, one thing to know about D'Angelo, real quick, he hates fantasy football. He hates it. Hates it. So like, I want to have him on. Seems like a great guest. And have know. a debate about fantasy football with him and let him talk about the Steelers and this running back situation. Interesting. Uh, next one, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic, 417 passing yards, five total touchdowns, four through the air, one on the ground that uh, if you had Peyton Barber, you're probably still fuming about. Yes, but, uh, yes. Here's the thing. I mean, we, we always joke that Ryan Fitzpatrick is destined to start at least a handful of games <laughs> every single year. And it always seems like at least one of them, he puts out some kind of bonkers numbers, right? I just... I just didn't think it would be against the Saints in week I one. I know. Like, I had the Saints defense starting. <laughs> Same. Right? Same. I got a fat negative four from the I mean, Saints. I started Mike Evans reluctantly because of what Marshawn Lattimore did to him last season, not Marcus Lattimore. <laughs> and it blew up in my face. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick turned into Dan Marino. He had five touchdowns. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on out there? That's what Vince Lombardi would say right now. But here's the thing, okay? 42 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. 42, Marcus. Yep. And will not be picked up in the majority of fantasy football leagues, nor should he, because he's got the Eagles next week. Or am I wrong? No, you're you're not wrong. Um, again, like I, I, people really weren't starting him. You know, I don't think a lot of folks grabbed him this week because nobody expected things like this to happen. And, and you're right. I think people are going to look at it and be like, "Yeah, but it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's it's the <laughs> Eagles." You know, like. <sighs> It's, I know it's the beard. It's so, the power of the beard. So basically, what you're saying is uh, you're not you're not buying the hype. No, I'm not. I mean, if they were playing a, a, a defense that was a bit more vulnerable, maybe in two QB, he's going to get picked up in two QBs league. Oh now. yeah, well obviously. But I mean, he may not score that many points in his next three games combined. Combined. Assuming yeah. he plays in the next three games, because at some point Jameis Winston's going to be back. And then there might be a you quarterback QB controversy? controversy. Yeah, no, probably not. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, this was you know his second career start against the Chargers. I mean that defense is going to be so good, and and I don't know, but I don't think he can. Do- Two hundred fifty six passing yards and four touchdowns. Um, it, I will say this: unreal. They are fun to watch. They're so him and Tyree Kill are so much it's fun like to watch watching together. Two guys that get into a huddle. With, like, a bunch of rocks and sticks. Yep. And they're like, all right, dude, Tyreek, you just go that way. Okay. <laughs> and, all right. And I'm just going to throw it up there. And Tyreek Hill, who, dear dear Lord, I mean, he looked tremendous. And he helped oh. a lot of people uh, win in week one or, or actually get on the way to a win in week one. He looked better. Uh, he, he looked like one of the best playmakers in the league. And, and we sort of knew that that was going to be the case after what he did last season. But I also heard in the offseason there's a little shade thrown on him because of the new quarterback and they bring in Sammy Watkins. Hey guys, let me give you a, let me give you a quick bit of advice here. Sammy Watkins is worthless in fantasy football. Okay? I, I'm I'm done with him. He is worthless in fantasy football. I hated him last year in fantasy football. He did very, very little uh, outside of the touchdowns and his yardage and his reception totals were nothing. Yesterday, next to nothing, Sammy Watkins is a basically a very high-paid waiver-wire player in the world of fantasy football who will on occasion give you a good stat line and get you excited to play him the following week only for him to give you another stink. I think, I think the big fear about Tyreek Hill was that you know, people were worried about his touchdown numbers because, you, I mean, you look last year, right, and you look at his receiving touchdowns. Um, they were all long plays. His, his shortest receiving touchdown last season was 30 yards. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, I'm looking at it's like, it's 75, 30, 64, 56, 79, 40, 64. And yeah. I, think, I think the fear was like, hey, that's great. 
that's a lot. It's asking a lot. How to can do they that do it again? again? Right. And then he takes a slant and he goes like, know. you know, 58 yards that's on how. a quick slant. Because he's just that good. I mean, which was a, just an amazing play. So, um, yeah, I mean, I still think there's, you know, again, it, it's hard to ask a guy to continually score touchdowns of 30 plus yards all the time. But I think the way that the Chiefs want to use him mm-hmm. and and obviously Patrick Mahomes seems to, to be comfortable getting him the ball in any situation. Uh, maybe maybe the big touchdowns aren't there, but maybe that means there's more touchdowns or more targets and more catches there. So he may make up for it in other ways. Yeah, let's move on now. Joe Flacco. Yes. Big game for the uh, non-elite. Dude, it's the flat connaissance. I'm telling you, it begins. The flat connaissance has begun. How about that? Three touchdowns, 236 yards. One of the better fantasy performances of the weekend, 121.7 passer rating. Guess what? He's also playing the Bills. Bills stink. They, the Bills stink. No, they, they stink. There's no doubt about that. The, the Bills are not a. They're not a good defense. They're no. not really a good offense. They're they're going to get picked on by by fantasy folks pretty much all year long. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. But um, I do think that that there's something there. I mean, we saw Michael Crabtree get involved. Obviously, John Brown had a touchdown in, in that one. And I just think you, you've got a situation where. Flacco was just really efficient. I mean, a 73.5% completion percentage is kind of unreal. That's a little bit ridiculous. But um, he just he looked good getting the ball out in a game where the weather kind of got bad, and eventually they just didn't need him. I mean, they just kind of, you know, they, they, they took him off the field, put Lamar Jackson in. So I remain optimistic. I am – obviously, Flacco is not my QB1. He's not a guy I'd start every week. But, man, when the matchup's right, I'd feel okay with him. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I think he's a matchup-based starter. And, you know, Matt Money-Smith talked about him. We talked about him on the show earlier in the week. If you need a, a streaming quarterback, uh, a daily fantasy play, he was a good one based on that matchup. And what's amazing that he put up those numbers uh, mostly in what was a blowout because they didn't do much of anything in the second half throwing the football, and then Lamar Jackson came in. So, uh Flacco's not a guy I'm starting every week, but when the matchup is right, with the weapons he now has, Michael Crabtree, Smokey Brown, uh, Willie Sneed, he'll get Hayden Hurst back in a few weeks. You could do worse. You could do worse. Uh, finish up this segment with a, a section with a couple of the wa- the Washington running backs. Adrian Peterson, 166 total yards and a touchdown. 70 of those yards came as a receiver. Unreal. Uh, I think like you know, 60 of them came on like one play, basically. But still, he put up the numbers. And then Chris Thompson, 128 total, 28 total yards. Easy for you to say. I know, right? And a touchdown. Um, Buying one, both, neither. How are you feeling right now? No, I mean, I I did Chris Thompson. Um, I drafted him in a lot of leagues. I sat him in a few of those leagues, as I mentioned. Um, <laughs> played him in a few too. But people forget how good he was last year. In the ten games he played, he was he was uh, one of the better PPR backs that wasn't elite. Let's put it that way. And I do like him a whole heck of a lot because what does Alex Smith like to do? And I get it. He threw the ball downfield more often <laughs> uh, last season. But he also had Tyree Kill. Um, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill in Washington, so he's going to be throwing the ball to Chris Thompson. He's going to be throwing the ball to Jordan Reed, who also had a very good game, and if he stays healthy, which is a monster if, he's going to be a really good draft bargain at the end of the season. But the fact of the matter here is that Chris Thompson is an every week starter, and I learned that the hard way. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I don't know if I'm on board with that. I, I don't I'm know. If, still not I, maybe I sell it. high on him, Marcus. Maybe I sell high on him. Yeah, I'm still not buying it. I mean, yeah, he had he had the 70 yards receiving. It was on three targets. He had two catches. One of them, a 52 yard yep. 
uh, catch and run, at which he fumbled. He fumbled at the end of that he play, did. by the way. Um, you know, the 26, uh, 26 carries for 96 yards. I mean, the number looks nice. It's, you know, it's fairly inefficient, I think, if you ask me. Um, and I just wonder if he continues to get that amount of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's the thing. We know Adrian Peterson is great if you can give him 25, 30 touches. We Volume know that. Guy, yep. Is that going to be available to him each and every week? And and I'm I'm just not sure that that's going to be the case for him every yep. week. So uh, I'm I'm in on Chris Thompson. Still not so much uh, on Adrian Peterson. You know, have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Every single month. I mean, all the time, right? Did you know you could actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate? Because I mean, that seems like something that would be uh, interesting, right? Smart. Uh, Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18% APR. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and you can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply. Because Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. And now, our listeners can get a special discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to Lightstream dot com slash nfl that's l-i-g-h-t-s-t-r-e-a-m lightstream.com slash nfl subject to credit approval rate includes a 0.50 percent auto pay discount terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash nfl for more information all right so we went through the guys uh, that we may or may not believe the hype on now is the bad right because with the good you got to get the bad. Mm-hmm. Take the good. You take the bad. You take them both. And there you have the facts of life. Um, so some guys that are uh, disappointed and maybe you're worried. Maybe you're not. Deshaun Watson, 176 passing yards, a touchdown, an interception, 40 rushing yards, uh, but fewer than 12 fantasy points in most leagues. Mm-hmm. I know we expected some regression. Did we expect this much <laughs> regression, though? Well, it's week one, and to be fair, that offensive line is bad. It's bad. It's bad. That that kid was running for his life uh, in, in parts of that game, and he averaged over 27 fantasy points a game in six starts last season. It was never in a million years going to happen again, ever. I mean, regression was guaranteed. But also keep in mind, you know, he was one yard from getting a, a touchdown pass. DeAndre Hopkins tackled at the one, and then, of course, Alfred Blue mm-hmm. uh he vultured that touchdown from all those <laughs> Lamar more Miller. Lamar Miller out there. <laughs> so it could have been a little bit better. Maybe he was giving you 15 to 16, which is a lot better, at least aesthetically, than 11. I- I'm not worried yet, but also in the leagues that I have stock in, 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 in Deshaun Watson, I was expecting a guy who was going to regress down from 27 points a game. I was expecting 18 to 19 points per game. That's sort of where I was with him. Mm-hmm. I think he will bounce back, but you have to keep in mind. He was never going to be that good. He, it was historic. Right. Like He was on pace to score more points than anybody in the history of fantasy football. It was not going to happen again. He's still a good player. He can use his feet. That's a big advantage. Watson will be fine as long as you temper your expectations down from what he did last season. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a guy who he stands in the pocket a long time. He holds on to the ball yeah, a does. long time. Yep. Uh, nearly three and a half seconds, uh, according to Next Gen Stats, time to throw. And he likes to heave the ball downfield, which, hey, look, to, to do that, to run around and then just chuck it downfield, it's kind of fun to watch. And it when, when it works, it's exciting and big plays happen. But, you know, you also... It, it, it's low percentage. You know, you throw picks, you throw incompletions. Uh, and also, I just do wonder, after what happened to them last year, 
Bill Belichick has had all offseason to get ready for this game. I mean, he's had no, all offseason to watch what, what what they did wrong, what other teams did wrong. Um, and look, man, if you give Belichick four months to prepare or whatever it is, like these kind of things happen. So, yeah. um, so I think there's some regression. I think it's also a little bit of a matchup uh, issue, what, what happened in week one. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Just 50 total yards. He did leave the game with a little bit of an injury. He says he's going to be fine, and so there's nothing really to worry about in theory this week. But uh, I don't know that that people were, were expecting 50 total yards in the opener uh, for a guy that they probably spent a second-round pick on. Yeah, bad start, but again, had the injury, left the game, and, and ended up being uh, on the short side of the snaps and the touches when compared to Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman had actually two fewer snaps uh than devonta freeman so let me correct myself there but fantasy points wise it, it was coleman because he scored that touchdown i'm not concerned about freeman in terms of his statistical abilities i just want to make sure that this guy is going to be healthy out there and we know that he's had some knee issues he had some knee issues last season opens up this season gets a little bit banged up so um i would wait and see what Freeman can give you on a regular basis. And at some point, potentially, there's a sell-high opportunity uh, for Devonta Freeman. If you feel like there's going to be a even split in that backfield, I don't see that with Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman is going to continue to see the same number of snaps that he would when Freeman is healthy. But Freeman, uh, uh, one thing that surprised me, though, was uh, his lack of his lack of. Uh, opportunities in the passing game mm -hmm. in that contest as well because a lot of what Freeman does and a lot of where his value is drawn is from catching the ball out of the backfield and uh, I need to see more of that Freeman's a guy who can give you 50 catches in a season and we didn't see too much of that uh, in the opener uh, a couple things that that do concern me moving forward about Devontae Freeman I mean next week they've got the Panthers the next three games are at home which is a positive but the next week is against the Panthers who we talked about earlier kind of shutting down Ezekiel Elliott uh, and then they have the Saints who uh, you know all things considered obviously yesterday was bad for them but this is still a good defense uh, and even still it wasn't as though Peyton Barber had a huge day it was more of, of Ryan Fitzpatrick in the passing game so the matchups Make me a little bit nervous, but I just do think that uh, at some point he's going to get that volume that, that hopefully makes it worth the, 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 the draft pick that you spent on him. Um, next on the list, another Freeman, Royce uh, Freeman. Uh, it was not the start that a lot of folks would have expected. Uh, suddenly, you know, we, when we thought that Freeman, Royce Freeman, would be potentially in a timeshare. I think the thought was, oh, that means Devontae Booker is going to work in. Yeah, like Philip Lindsay out Phillip of nowhere. Lindsay, the rookie who. Uh, over the week, last week, called our own Terrell Davis and asked, can I wear your number 30 jersey? Mm -hmm. And TD said, absolutely, go for it. Uh, so he went out there, and I won't say he looked like Terrell Davis, but, you know, he certainly surprised a lot of people. 17 touches, 102 total yards, had a touchdown. Mm -hmm. That's compared to 15 touches and 71 yards for Royce Freeman. Yep. Um, yeah, so suddenly... Suddenly there is a committee in Denver, just, oh. not, just not the one we thought it would be. I know. I'm bummed out because I love Freeman. I'm not giving up on him just yet. I, he, he did average 4.7 yards per carry, but Denver played the hot hand. Mm -hmm. And who's to say that Freeman won't be the hot hand in week two when they play the Oakland Raiders? We'll see. They might both be the hot hand. <laughs> Potentially. The, and then the snap percentage was 39 to 35 in favor of Freeman, but it was very close, Marcus. So this one sort of uh, came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Lindsey coming in and, and seeing that many snaps and seeing that many touches and more touches than Freeman, that, I get it, he looked good in the preseason. Um, I, I, 
I just did not think that he was going to come in and make that sort of an impact in week one. That being said, the Broncos still have a whole lot of faith in Royce Freeman. We'll see if he can get it going in week two. I mean, I think the the upside for anybody with Royce Freeman, anybody who's kind of freaked out about this, is that when it was the fourth quarter uh, and the Broncos were, were driving to either take the lead or kind of close the game out, mm-hmm. It was Royce Freeman that was getting those touches. I mean, yep. they, they want him to be the hammer. He's going to be the closer in this offense. So if the Broncos can get themselves in some favorable game scripts uh, and get in some situations where they are winning in the last five minutes of games, then I think that bodes well for Royce Freeman. But uh, suddenly Philip Lindsay is is a force to be reckoned with and a guy that is going to get, I think, a lot of looks off the waiver wire no doubt. this week. No doubt. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott, so we'll move on from that one. But Marquise Goodwin, one target, zero catches um i mean i was worried about the 49er offense against the vikings i know we all were but uh, i did not see one target zero catches for marquise good yeah but he, he also left the game he was banged up a little True. bit uh as you mentioned you know he had one target um i believe it was a, a quad injury that he had and so not the start we were hoping for but also that Minnesota Vikings defense is good anywhere, especially on their home field. So I'm not particularly surprised that Goodwin didn't put up a good number because of the matchup. He missed some time. Things will get better, in fact, if someone is freaking out over a week one stinker and wants to trade me Marquise Goodwin at a bargain <laughs> basement price. I will certainly take that because the best receiver in San Francisco in this contest was Dante Pettis based on the numbers, and that's not going to be something that happens week in and week out. No, and that was, I mean, Dante Pettis is, from what I saw, he has become kind of a best ball candidate for me. I mean, he's, yep. he's, he's got the long speed. We know he's kind of a deep threat. I mean, he's a guy that this year I expected to make an impact more uh, as a punt and kick yes, return. right, right. Yep. Um, but obviously, they seem to like going downfield to him. He probably could have had another touchdown. He dropped one in the end zone. That seems to be a theme for there week one. There was a one. lot of that, That seems man. to be a theme for week one. Like the Chargers. Uh, I mean, George Kittle on San Francisco had one. Uh, right, it just, yeah. It, it just seems to be a theme. But uh, Dante Pettis, I, I don't know, he might have some some best ball, some DFS kind of upside uh, if, if they're going to use him like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. It'll get better. The Niners' offense was bad outside of Kittle, but we expected it to be bad because right. of that matchup. Things will get better for Jimmy G and his Niners' offense. Absolutely. So now, WTF, man. Like, some of these guys that uh, kind of had some weird days that, that we didn't see coming. Uh, the first one is Alex Collins, because, again, we were all about the Ravens all week long, and Alex Collins was was chief among them. I mean, that's a guy that, that I liked a lot, and, and I have a lot of shares of him across my fantasy teams. And he got the touchdown early, and I thought, yeah, here dude. we go. This is it. Here we go. I know. Seven carries, 13 yards, and a touchdown. He got game scripted out of the game. Just not the way we would he have got, thought. I, I mean, he had five snaps and touched the ball twice in the entire second half. Why? Yeah. Because Buffalo was getting their doors blown off, <laughs> and the Ravens have a Thursday game upcoming. Right. So... What did they do? They treated the second half like a preseason game. That's exactly did. what they did. <laughs> it's like week four of the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let Lamar Jackson get out there. Buck yeah, Allen, we'll get him out there. Brashard Perriman. Oh, wait a minute. He's not on the roster anymore. Um, everybody played, except for the guys that we started. So it is what it is, guys. Yeah. The matchup was there. It started off very well when the team just went ahead so so I mean, so heavy. Big. They went a big It was so unreal. Quickly. The Ravens did the smart thing, not for your fantasy players, but right. they did the smart thing. Yeah, so I mean that's one. 
you know, you just got to chalk it up to it just it was just an unfortunate circumstance. The the process was right. The results didn't quite work out. But, you know, just just shake it off and, and try to come back next week. Austin Eckler, who's a name that, you know, I think we talked about a little bit in the preseason, but not that much because we figured Melvin Gordon was going to dominate the touches. But Austin Eckler, 22 snaps, 10 touches, 126 yards. He caught all five of his targets. He scored a touchdown. And this is a guy that, you know, I don't know. I know. I know. There's a lot of debate about whether you want to handcuff running backs, and people go back and forth on that one. But at this point, Austin Eckler's not a handcuff. I think he's becoming a guy that, in certainly in deeper leagues and in PPR leagues, should just be on a roster at this point. Imagine if you were smart enough to draft Gordon and then Eckler in a best ball. Like oh. your two best running backs are going to be coming from the same team. You're feeling good in week one. You're feeling really good about it. And Matt Money Smith mentioned it earlier uh, on NFL Fantasy Live. Eckler's a playmaker, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't even get a lot of touches in this contest. He had five targets. He caught them all. Um, but in terms of the the snap counts, I mean, fifty seven percent. I'm sorry, fifty seven at seventy four percent for Melvin Gordon, and Eckler was at twenty nine percent. So. He's a playmaker in this offense. And I think what the Chargers really did, Marcus, was because the Chiefs were so weak in their defensive backfield and their linebackers are questionable at best, they really attacked those linebackers with the running backs. And that's why Gordon and Eckler had such great games. I mean, Gordon, I, did you see how many targets and catches he had in this I contest? Mean, he, he led the team in targets. It was ridiculous. And it was all part of the game plan that the Chargers uh, had put forth. So Eckler's going to have games like this. He's not going to have games like this every single week because he's not going to get the volume. But when you need a running back, if you need a flex starter, being in this offense is going to score a lot of points. Sometimes you throw a dart at Austin Eckler, and he's going to come up. He's going to pump up a bullseye for you. Right, and I think that's, about it. that's the big thing, too. It's an offense that is going to score a lot of points. I mean, they, they did it sort of in the second half on Sunday against the Chiefs, but this is still an offense that's going to move the ball. They're going to score points, and that, more than anything, is is going to give Austin Eckler some value, even if he has a limited number of snaps. Mm-hmm. Last one on the list, Will Disley. <laughs> I mean... Dude, that's a. Yeah, I'm on a, a text chain, you know, with some friends, and you know, somebody was asking, you know, is there anybody that, that you see on the waiver wire that might be worth a look? And and I, you know, this was as the the Seahawks game was going on yesterday afternoon. I said, mm-hmm. you know, Will Disley hit me. He looks like he might be be a thing this year. And the response was, man, that's one hell of a name. I know. <laughs> now, I, admittedly, I'd never heard of him before. I. Uh, they, I think they drafted him. It was like in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even know that he's a pass-catching tight end. I don't believe that's his primary uh, so, skill, no. Well, he, he showed some pass-catching chops in this one. I mean, he only had three tar, uh, three catches, but he turned it into 105 yards and a touchdown. Maybe, maybe this is just how damn good Russell Wilson is. He turns guys like Will Disley into fantasy, well, maybe not superstars, but... He put up a nice stat line in He makes him relevant, at least, right? I mean, if you started Will Disley over Travis Kelsey, by the way, uh, you should play the lotto. But Travis Kelsey was brutally bad, and Disley destroyed him in the stat sheet. So it is what it is. This is called fantasy football, my friends. It can be unpredictable at times. I'm not sure that uh, either of Will's brothers, Nick or Russ, started him uh, in fantasy football uh, this weekend. Certainly not over Travis. I like how you looked up and you knew that his brothers were Nick and Russ. (laughs) Nick Disley and Russ Disley. I mean, come on, the Disley brothers. Why not? Oh, man. All right, fantasy football season is underway, and I already have major regrets about my season-long fantasy teams. I mean, 
Some of them, at least. I'm sure a lot of you who play Planet Fantasy feel the same way. I mean, you spend all offseason researching and getting excited for the draft, uh, and then you sit Chris Thompson or Kenny Stills. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. So yeah. that's why I'm excited to be playing FanDuel all season. I mean, over at FanDuel, it's a new season every week. So regardless of the outcome, you get to research and build your team over and over again. And if you're not a fantasy expert, which, you know, applies to most people out there, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. It has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. And now, new users can get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come play at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. That's FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. So it is Monday, which means tomorrow's Tuesday. Which means it's time to get your waiver wire claims in. So, Fabs, you went through a uh, a list of guys that uh, should be on your radar as early week two waiver wires. Yeah, I mean, one of the bigger stories we haven't mentioned yet, and we will now, is Leonard Fournette. I mean, going out with the injury, mm-hmm. and TJ Yeldon came in there and, and did pretty well. Uh, you know, there's, there's been talk about Corey Grant, but Yeldon was the guy in this contest, and he now needs to be owned across the board for as long as Fournette is out, and we don't know what his status is at this point uh, on, on a Monday afternoon. The, the Jaguars certainly trusted him enough to lead this backfield against the G-Men when Fournette went out, so he's the guy to add. Chris Godwin, who, I mean, I I raved about him all Mm -hmm. preseason, Marcus. We talked about him as a potential playmaker. Needs to be owned in all leagues moving forward. I'll tell you this, with Chris Godwin, uh, I... Both him and Saquon Barkley, right? I A couple years ago, when Penn State came to the Rose Bowl to play USC, I was there at that game, and I didn't didn't know... Because Saquon still had one more season left in college. Chris Godwin, you know, I didn't really know Penn State's roster all that well, but Chris Godwin made a series of just ridiculous, just stupid catches. And watching him on Sunday make just some crazy, ridiculous catches, I had flashbacks to sitting in the end zone in Pasadena on January 1st uh, a couple years ago. And, like, that's just what this guy does. I mean, he's got sticky, sticky hands. And, um, you know, especially, you know, we're not sure what happens with Deshaun Jackson. He's in the concussion protocol. Um, If he's not there, Chris Godwin, man, that guy just, he's ready to ball out. And people forget, when Deshaun Jackson was out last year, he missed a couple of games. Godwin was was solid. Mm-hmm. And Evans was suspended a game. And Godwin also put up some decent PPR numbers. Uh, I believe he had 12 or 13 in that contest. So don't sleep on him. He needs to be owned in all leagues. Same thing with Tyler Lockett in Seattle, especially because we don't know what's going on with Doug Baldwin. And not one, Marcus, but two bulky knees. Yep. Lockett had a touchdown in the game yesterday against Denver. George Kittle. I was surprised that he wasn't owned in more leagues, and I'm guessing it was because he was injured mm-hmm. for most of the preseason. But, I mean, you and I and, and the, the, the group from NFL Fantasy Live talked about how big of a sleeper he was. And he's available in a lot of leagues. And people right now, especially if you lost Delaney Walker, you're going to be looking for a tight end. George Kittle is well worth a look. And how about Austin Eckler? We talked about this this mm-hmm. morning. Initially, when I did the waiver wire column, I left him off because I thought he was going to be owned in more leagues, but he wasn't. Nope. He's a free agent in a lot of leagues, and I didn't get that. I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think a lot of folks don't know his name. I mean, you know, and I think now. everybody looks at, at, at the Chargers and says, well, it's Melvin Gordon, and yep. that's kind of it. But I think people are, are going to start to wake up to Austin Eckler. Also, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo! Pretty big touchdown last night from Aaron Rodgers. And as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, as long as he's upright and throwing the football <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Geronimo Allison is a threat to put up a big number week in and week out. Not saying he's going to do that, but 
This is a guy that if you drafted him in a best ball, you're looking pretty good. And he certainly needs to be owned in an offense that's going to put up some points. Uh, sticking with uh, guys who, well, I mean, Philip Lindsay wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues either. Uh, nope. Was he drafted at all? I mean, I have Devontae Booker in one of my leagues, and I'm cutting him as soon as I possibly yeah, can. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I'm not saying that Lindsay's going to take over the feature role for the Broncos, okay? I still have faith in Royce Freeman, and you might have been right after all of that. <laughs> I just, By the way, Marcus, but... Uh, I, just wasn't, I just wasn't sold. I know, I know. You know? It, it's one week. It's, it's one week. One week it's one week. Eventually, you might be right. But Lindsay now needs to be owned across the board. Ted Ginn, who last year was a top 35 PPR wide receiver, wasn't great, better in best ball, but had a big game against the Buccaneers in, in an absolute shootout there in New Orleans. And... Cam Meredith was inactive. So I don't know what's going on with Meredith. I, uh, I might start putting Ted Ginn in the Frank Gore category of players who will never die. Like, so I, Ted Ginn just keeps coming back. And he had <laughs> just keeps popping up. He had some big games last season. He's got Drew Brees throwing him the football. And he is someone that people think of Ted Ginn and they think of what? Stone Drops. <laughs> Drops. But that hasn't been the case. No. That hasn't been the case since he's been in New Orleans. So he needs to be added. Uh, if you're looking at a quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. <clears throat> To Rod. I'm sorry. But, you know, <laughs> right. I, I heard that he, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know what this guy's name is. All I know is that he scored 24 points in a mess, bad weather yesterday. And he was the better of the two quarterbacks. By the way, Ben Roethlisberger on the man, road. Stinks. Awful. Again, I, stinks. I, man, that was that was beyond awful. Where's Akbar? That was beyond awful. I, I really thought maybe he'd buck the trend this year, but man, that was terrible. He stunk yesterday. He Ooh. stunk, but you know what? I'm going to start him in week two at home. <laughs> so, but Taylor... And people forget because everyone thinks that Baker Mayfield's going to take over the job at some point in the season, and maybe he will. And at that point, guess what you do? You drop Tyrod Taylor. Yep. Tyrod Taylor. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. But with his running ability, with the talent he has around him, Josh Gordon, who was limited yesterday and still scored a touchdown, Jarvis Landry, uh, the backfield situation. By the way, Hugh Jackson, just just start Josh Gordon, man. You're out here yeah, trying to win football games, man. This ain't, this ain't college with these. You know, start Josh Gordon. Yep. No doubt. Well, hopefully, we're like on, see I should that. say on purpose, because apparently Josh Gordon started. I mean, yes, no, yes. He started. They didn't want him to start, but because whatever the package was that they began the game with, uh, that that put him in. So I don't know. Whatever. But you're right. Exactly right. So Ty Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, boy, I'm never going to get that. Right. <laughs> it should be on your radar. Philip Dorsett too. Like we were all on the Chris Hogan bandwagon, all of us. Yep. That bandwagon was overflowing, and at the end of it. Marcus, um, uh, yeah, there's there not some room. too good. It was Philip Dorsett. There was some room there. Who came in and had the touchdown for the pa uh, for the Patriots, and now you're looking at potentially this guy being added off the waiver wire, potentially being a flex starter, maybe in a deeper league until Julian Edelman is able to come back. So he needs to be on your radar. As does Ryan Grant. How about Ryan Grant? Oh, and cousin Ryan, yeah. He was the clear number two wide receiver. For the Colts yesterday. Yep. And T.Y. Hilton's always going to be the number one guy, and it was nice to see him back and thriving with Andrew Luck under center. But when you look at Ryan Grant's stats, I mean, he finished the game uh, with nine targets, uh, led the team with eight catches. He had 61 snaps, which was 79%. Pretty good. That was second at the position behind T.Y. Hilton, as I mentioned. I mean, and as long as Andrew Luck looks like Andrew Luck, and if Ryan Grant is getting this much volume, and he's on the football field, and he's seeing targets... He's got to be added, especially in PPR. Yeah, well, and he was a guy that, you know, I was advocating to take a, a late-round dart throw at, and he's a guy that I was able to pick up in a few leagues kind of at the end of the draft just kind of for this reason. I mean, my, my feeling was 
if you're buying into Andrew Luck's resurgence, then you're buying into a lot of guys around him. I mean, if, if T.Y. Hilton is seeing his ADP go up because Andrew Luck is back, then the same should have applied to Ryan Grant, who's the number two. It should have applied to Jack Doyle, who, you know, I know Eric Ebron had the touchdown, but Jack Doyle got most of those snaps, and he got a lot of targets there. Had to fumble. That wasn't great. But still, if you're believing in Andrew Luck, then believe in everybody around him. And Ryan Grant should be one of those guys. And hopefully this week opens some folks' eyes to what he could potentially do. You know what? Do. Speaking of the Colts real quick, too, it was a good week for Marlon Mack. You know why? Because neither one of Jordan Wilkins' first <laughs> looked good at all. I mean, the yards per carry average was bad. They didn't do much of anything in the stat sheets. So suddenly Marlon Mack, I mean, he was always the favorite to be the starter. And Wilkins didn't take that opportunity and really do much with it. So... Marlon Mack, if he comes back in week two, potentially a sleeper, we'll see. I guess. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> there, I, there are several backfields that like, I'm just out on, like the, the Colts, uh, the Seahawks, the Lions. Yep. I'm just, I'm just sort of. But in, in a league where running backs are so valuable. I know. Like uh, if you can, look, if you can hit on one. I have him in a couple of leagues, and I'm not saying he's going to be a featured back, but, you know, the if two you can, rookies didn't really do much to separate themselves. If you can decipher that Sphinx riddle, man, then you're, uh, you're going to be a step ahead <laughs> in the game. All right. Those are our week one review, guys. Okay, so now, because week one is over, you know, we, we've looked, we've kind of calculated the stuff. We've figured out our waiver wire moves. Now it's time to kind of overreact, right? Because we have one game. Like, we, we spent all offseason kind of, like, trying to decipher things and make up takes and all this stuff. Now we have actual football, right? We saw things go down on the field. And which obviously means that, you know, this is just how things are going to be. What we saw in week one is just the truth. And that's how life is going to be for the rest of the season. So that brings us. It's what I like to call overreaction theater. So I got a handful of tweets uh, of people kind of overreacting. A lot of them were tongue in cheek. I put this out on Twitter for for you guys, and uh, I was you know the, the responses were a lot of fun uh, from a lot of you guys. And I get the, you know certainly a lot of them were were uh, ex- ex- exaggerations, hyperbole a little bit. But uh, I go through a few that I liked. Uh, John Hill the fourth responded with Deshaun Jackson for Devontae Freeman. What? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe, you know, Devontae only got, got you 50 yards. I mean, Deshaun Jackson didn't play a whole game and put up, like, nearly three times that amount, right? So, like, obviously that means DJX is going to be the number one wide receiver this year, right? Yeah. Uh, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. I, you know what? The, the, the number one name that people were sending to me on Twitter? Hmm. Kareem Hunt. They're already freaked out about Kareem Hunt. Already. I, I mean, I, I had a feeling that that game might not be great for him. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing the panic button on Kareem Hunt. Although I'll tell you what, you know what makes me more nervous about Kareem Hunt is Matt Nagy being in Chicago. (laughs) I mean, think about it, because like the start of the last year, Kareem Hunt like blew up the first few weeks, right? And then midway through the year, he vanished and we weren't sure what was happening with him. Then Matt Nagy takes over as the offensive coordinator, at least as the play caller. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kareem Hunt comes back into our lives again. But now Matt Nagy is gone. That that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, other overreaction theater. This one comes from Chauncey Lindner, uh, and the tweet is: Deshaun Watson sucks. <laughs> like, Dude, calm down. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he wasn't great. He he did, he did kind of suck on Sunday. It. But uh, but, I, but I went through a whole <laughs> diatribe about if you drafted Watson, you had to expect some sort of regression because what he did last year was historic. He'll be fine. He'll be fine in in the big boy leagues. He was regularly being drafted behind Aaron Rodgers at number two uh, among quarterbacks, ahead of Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and everyone else. So to me, I'm not concerned. It was one game. 
and, and guys, it's going to happen. Like it'll happen. Th- this dude is not Superman. Like he seemed to be in 2017. It's going to happen. He will bounce back. Uh, and then last one, uh, great white 78 asks, so, uh, should I trade David Johnson for Adrian Peterson? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I want these guys in my league. That's what I, I want these guys in my league. Yeah, give me David Johnson for AD. Please. Uh, so please. You know what? You want Will Dill- Disley, Will whatever Disley? his name? I'll pick him up off the waiver wire, and you can give me Travis Kelsey for him. I mean, obviously. because I'll do it. I mean, obviously, Travis Kelsey, uh, he's done. He's washed now because he... he it is, it is <laughs> funny to watch the reactions of people on Twitter, especially when you do like what Marcus and I do. Because they, I mean, how many times did I get called an idiot because Royce Freeman was my guy? It's one week, people. Chill. Chill out. I just, I, you know, it's funny, especially when, you know, it can be the second quarter and a guy hasn't done anything yet and people start to panic. That's the, that's but, the, that's but the one. That's where, those are the tweets that I watch for. So, like, <laughs> if I tell someone to start a certain player and at the half he's done nothing and then those people attack me on Twitter and then that dude goes off in the second half and I start tweeting back to him and be like, you got anything to say now? We, and then the responses are, thanks, Fabs. I knew I need, could trust you. We, I had all the faith in you. We need, sure you did. We need an old fantasy takes exposed sort of thing. Dude. That would be fun. No doubt. No I mean, doubt about I mean it. sure. I'm sure a lot of our takes would get thrown up there, too. But whatever, man. It's all part of the game. That's it's right. a, it's a whole lot of fun. Yep. So, uh, anyway, if you got more uh, overreaction theater, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Marcus G or send them to the fantasy handle at NFL Fantasy as well. Uh, they're a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some of those maybe uh, as we get through the end of or the rest of the season. I should say. So that's it. We are through pretty much all of week one. We got a couple of Monday night games. We preview those. Go back to the Thursday podcast if you want to hear our previews uh, for the Monday night games. But we got Lions and Jets and then Rams at Raiders, Mm -hmm. the normal Monday night doubleheader in week one. And then uh, we are back at it for uh, Waiver Wire and back at you on Thursday. Always remember, as Hunter S. Thompson might have once said, a serious fantasy football fan is never alone. We are legion, and fantasy football is often the only thing we have in common. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.